This week on the Whistleway Podcast is part one of a limited run series featuring Mike Proctor as he delves into the disc profile. Episode one dives into D, dominance, and I, influence. So, what are the exact characteristics of the dominance quadrant? Because we're talking about the D today, understanding the D. As we go through these different characteristics, I want you to think of clients that you currently have or have worked with in the past. I want you to think of coworkers that you currently have or have worked with in the past, or even family members. Think of your spouse. Think of any of these types of characteristics that you're like, ooh, that's definitely so-and-so. So they tend to act, somebody with a high D, they tend to act assertive. When in conflict. So conflict doesn't necessarily mean fight. It just means met with opposition. They demand action. They don't want to sit and stew and go over details and talk about the, the, the nuts and the bolts of how it's going to get done. They're like, no, let's get this done. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture and then I've got a meeting to go to. <laughs> so this style needs control. He literally just said, you want me to stand up and do this? <laughs> and that would make him feel elated because now he can do this. Okay. And I get that. Primary drive is independence. Okay. Kyle and I talk often. When we have agents that want to be a part of our team and they have a really high D, they're probably not going to be a good fit because they want to be independent. They want to drive and beat, you know, walk to the beat of their own drummer. 
They don't want to conform and, and follow the leader. Okay? Not that it's a bad thing at all, because none of this is good or bad. This is just what people are. <clears throat> Understanding this is going to help you understand them better. Accept them better. Preferred tasks. Someone with a high D loves being challenged. They want difficult tasks. They want to have challenging things put in front of them. They're very comfortable when they have to make decisions. They're the ones that are going to go, nope, we're going that way. Nope, we're taking this route. They want that responsibility. Personal strength is they're a problem solver. Okay? This often shows up in relationships. Okay? My wife hates me for this because she'll want to tell me about something that happened at work and I'm like, okay, well, did you talk to him about this? And then next, maybe you should try go She's like, will you shut up? I'm like, no, I can fix this. That's the D in me. I want fix to fix the problem. And I want you to stop complaining. This is being recorded. Send this to You're not allowed to take it away. Um, she's on the broadcast. Yeah, right? Yeah. This is Facebook Live. Oh, tell your friends. All right, so personal concern. This one shows up in business a lot. They have a preoccupation of goals over people. Where you might say or do something that hurts people's feelings, but they're like, well, it justifies the means. Like, I'm good. I, your feelings got hurt, but guess what? We closed. <laughs> you know? So, personal limitations, often they're too direct or considered to be intense. Personal wants. This is where it gets into that Jedi mind trick stuff. If I'm talking to someone that I know is a high D, I know that they want control, and I know that they want variety. They don't want the same thing every single day. But they want control of their environment. They want to be the decision maker. They want to be the shot caller. Personal fear. This is huge. You're talking to a D, and you want to build motivation and incentive on them making a decision and moving forward. You talk about their personal fear. They're petrified of losing. They don't want to not win. Okay? They have a preoccupation of goals and a fear of losing. If I'm talking to a buyer and I don't identify with that buyer that their goal is to buy the house. Their goal is not to win the negotiation. You might not close on a home. Because in their mind, they're like, cool, we're negotiating. We're going to put an offer in at 600. They come back at 575. Uh-uh, I'm going to win this negotiation. Well, they've lost focus of their actual goal of buying the home. So if you're talking to a high D, reiterating the fact that, hey, Jeremy, your goal here is to buy this home, not just win this negotiation. You know, we want to win the war, not the battle. You guys see what I'm saying there? I readdressed their fear of losing the negotiation to the fear of losing the home. See how that might be a little beneficial? Yes, no? Um, blind spots. Being held accountable. They're the shot caller. They're the decision maker. They're not used to being 
held accountable to something. And then they measured their personal worth by the impact of results or looking at someone's track record. So in a phone conversation, when you're setting up a listing appointment, you're talking to somebody and you can hear that they're a high D. They just want to talk about business, set the appointment, move to the next thing. Okay, we're not going to chit chat. We're not bullshitting. Let's move to the next thing. You want to make sure that you show up and you know your track record. You know other agents' track records. You know that these people are results driven and they want to make sure that you're the right person for the job. Does that make sense? Um, so I wanted to go over this. It's on one of my prior slides, but we didn't really go into it in very much detail last week. So the way that they've designed this quadrant is if you're on the left-hand side of the quadrant, if you're a high D, a high C, you're very task-oriented, very goal-oriented, okay? Not so people-oriented, where if you're a high I or high S, you're going to be much more engaged and interactive and, and you're very social, where the top two quadrants are really fast-paced, they're outgoing, okay? The bottom two quadrants are a little bit more reserved and slow-paced. So it's important that you understand how the quadrants work with and work outside of one another. Does that make sense? Cool. Now, specifically, the characteristics of the influence quadrant, the I. So high influence style. They tend to act very persuasive. When in conflict, they will have a tendency to attack, not physically, but verbally. This style thrives off of approval. They need to have approval. Primary drive, interaction. They want to talk. They want to interact. They want to engage other people. Preferred task has to be people related. There has to be other human beings involved with a high I. Comfortable, they're very comfortable in social friendliness situations. They, they want to be the life of a party. They want to be the center of attention. They thrive off of that interaction. Personal strength, they're an encourager. They're that friend that you call on the phone when you need a little pick-me-up. They're that friend that calls you out of the blue and wants to just find out everything there is to know about you and then tell you everything that they've done for the last three weeks <laughs> in great detail. Um, strength concern, because they are so sociable, because they love that interaction and they want approval, a lot of times that high I, they'll talk without thinking. Oh, shouldn't have said that. Can, can we pretend I didn't say that? <laughs> Those types of scenarios. So personal limitations. A high I is usually disorganized and very non-traditional in their approach. So they're the kind of a person that has like the, the organized chaos all over their workspace where it's like, where's that file? Oh, it's under those five files next to the paper clips. And you're like, how did you know that? Well, that's where I left it three weeks ago. <laughs> I remember because I was talking to so-and-so when I put it there. So um, personal wants. This is where we get into 
understanding and knowing yourself, but also understanding and knowing your client or potential client. If I'm talking to a high I and I know that they want approval, they want less structure, they don't want a thumb on their back, well, I can adjust my conversation with them to adhere to their wants, to adhere to what they naturally, and whether they've expressed it to me or not, just because I've identified them as a high eye, I know that they want approval. Does that make sense? Again, talking about knowing yourself and knowing your client. Okay, how you get somebody off the fence. Some people need the stick, some people need the carrot. If I'm talking about how much I approve of this decision and this is a great idea and imagine what your friends and family are gonna think when you get to dangle the keys on social media and I'm painting this approval picture in their mind, but they're not quite ready to move forward. Now we can talk about their fear. Their fear is based on rejection because they thrive off of approval. They want approval. And as we know, people move from pain much more than they move towards pleasure. So if I have them start thinking about the pain and the rejection it's going to cause by not making the decision, chances are they're gonna to move towards making the decision. Blind spot, not following through with commitments. They're gonna be really fast to act. They're gonna be one of the first people in a party to come introduce themselves. They're all about making the phone call. They're all about starting the conversation. But then they wanna start another one and another one and another one and another one. And all of a sudden four people back when it was like, yeah, I'll send you that email with that stuff on it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> okay. Talking without thinking. Oh, I'll totally send you those properties. God, it was so great to meet you. Anyways, what's your name? Right? Oh, this is shiny. Oh, that's shiny. Oh, that's shiny. And all of a sudden, they completely forgot that they promised to send you those properties. Does that make sense? So that's where those things start to integrate. So how do they measure their self-worth? Compliments. Acknowledgements. Okay, if you are around somebody and they're constantly giving compliments or acknowledging little things that you have done or would do, understand people give what they want. If you enjoyed what you heard today and would like to find more content like this, then join us on the Whistleway Facebook page. And until next time, thank you for joining us on the Whistleway Podcast.